Welcome to the Perfume Room. In another edition of Things I Find in My Mom's Bathroom, my scent of the day today is a solid perfume. I am wearing Toka Stella. Now, this one might be a little bit past its prime because this was a fragrance that I wore in high school. So we're talking 2006, 2007, 2008. And I'm pretty sure that this was a scent that I gifted my mom for Mother's Day thinking that she would like it too. Of course, I found it in the back of her medicine cabinet. So, you know, this is this is the struggle with my mom and fragrance, as you guys have heard in even last week's episode. Anyway, I found it in her bathroom. It felt like a trip down memory lane. And I need to say, I know I'm not the first to say it, but let's acknowledge the elephant in the room. There is a striking similarity between Toka Stella and Curious by Britney Spears. Anyway, I asked Felipe what he thought of this scent as it is one of my OG favorites. And he was not particularly a fan. He didn't dislike it, but he kind of made a face. What he is obsessed with, though, that I have been wearing all weekend because I'm coming off the heels of the Marissa Zappas theme June Smell Club is Annabelle's birthday cake. He cannot stop complimenting me. He is asking to smell my wrists. And I find that he likes a lot of perfumes I wear, but the two that I get the most compliments from him are Annabelle's birthday cake and Hane Mori Butterfly. So I guess this only further supports the internet's hypothesis that tried and true, very sweet gourmand fragrances are indeed the real aphrodisiacs. And you know that incredibly sweet gourmands is not my go-to category, but I feel like these are both pleasant exceptions to the rule. Somehow they are that. They are so edible. They are so dessert-like. And yet I find both of these still so wearable, not cloying, not like too sweet. And yet that's exactly what they are. Today's guest is a dream come true. I cannot believe we made this happen, but today we are joined by entrepreneur, owner, creative director, co-founder, super influencer, mother, and single rich mom, Chriselle Lim. Single rich mom is, of course, her internet alter ego for those not in the know, though it would be hard to not be in the know because she has 2.8 million, you see, I'm Dr. Evil now, 2.8 million followers on TikTok and 1.4 million followers on Instagram. Now for reference, okay, Chicago has approximately 2.7 million residents. That means more people follow Chriselle on TikTok alone than live in the entire city of Chicago. I hope you enjoyed that comparison. Thank you so much. Chriselle recently relaunched the fragrance brand Fleur and has been met with a flurry of fan support and love. You see what I did there? The first fragrance she launched, Missing Person, became a viral internet sensation, selling out a year's worth of inventory in under two hours and subsequently amassed a 200,000 person long wait list, okay? Now 200,000 is the same size as the city of, I'm just kidding, I'm not doing any more analogies, but that is absolutely insane. 200,000 people waiting for a bottle of perfume, which by the way, has been restocked, so eat your hearts out, kids. We discussed Chriselle's foray into fragrance, including the learning curve, the process of selecting perfumers and collaborating with them, the inspiration behind the five scents that you guys have smelled thus far, what's coming, and so much more. Chriselle's personal story, internet persona, and subsequent acquisition of Fleur is a tale of rebirth and renewal, and I am so excited for you all to hear it right now. Chriselle, welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing today? I am doing great because I am so excited to be speaking to you. I'm a huge fan of the Perfume Room pod, so thank you for having me. So I always open the pod with the following question, which is, what are you currently wearing? 
So today I am wearing Apricot Privé from Fleur. Um, mm-hmm. It has become my everyday go-to. And, you know, I cha- I switched up every time we launch something um, mm-hmm. just so I could, one, be, you know, a billboard for my own fragrances, of course, but also um, just to, like, wear it around and just to get an experience for each fragrance because each fragrance is different. But right now, we did launch Apricot Privé just about two weeks ago, so that's what I've been wearing every single day. Congratulations. Um, this is out of order, but I must talk about the PR for Fleur is amazing. I have been so impressed. I received apricot privé in a basket of fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I emailed Juliana and I was like, I just want to confirm, like, I can eat this, right? And she was like, yes, of course you can eat this. I was like, okay, amazing. How have you, you know, as someone who is a content creator and an influencer yourself, I'm sure you've received certain PR that's been like really memorable. How are you thinking about that? as you were crafting the marketing of Fleur? Yeah, so I think you have to be very mindful, especially with PR. I think in the early days when brands were first starting to do PR for their beauty brands, they would just go all out. And although they were the wow factor, it started adding up, right? To the point where you're like, okay, this is very, very wasteful and this Mm -hmm. is not necessary anymore. And so with Fleur, we really think about, okay, how can we make a splash? How can we make a statement? Um, But also be mindful of what we're sending out and it's not wasteful. And for me, it's all about usage. So if people use it, if people can eat it, if people can wear it, Mm -hmm. then it was worth it, right? But Mm -hmm. we try to avoid tons of plastic and like, you know, huge boxes just just for the wow factor. Like I'm not really Mm -hmm. into that. And then also I'm, I'm skipping around here. But the missing person T-shirt, I feel like you found a way to capture exactly what you were intending with that fragrance. Like when I opened up the package and I smelled that shirt, I mourned for someone I didn't even know. Do you know what I like? What was your intention? I mean, that fragrance went crazy on social media, has Mm -hmm. sold out in what, two hours of a year's worth of inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, What was your what was your vision behind it and how? Um, how did you react to how it was received? So when you launch a brand and a product, you always hope for the best, but you just never know where it's going to go, how it's going to land with other people. So for me, especially with fragrance, first of all, we were like, we don't even know people will actually buy a fragrance online that they've never smelled before. It's a completely Mm -hmm. different story if we were in multiple locations where people were able to go out and test it. So Initially, just to be really transparent, we were like, if we could sell a few hundred, we'll be very happy because um, we were just not sure as far as how the market was going to receive it because it's a brand new fragrance that no one's ever tested before. So there is that piece. So for me, all I knew how to do and control was really storytelling. And that is kind of how I've always led my career is all Mm -hmm. about telling stories. Of course, I'm... I mainly talk about fashion and beauty, but there's always a deeper meaning behind certain looks and certain, um, you know, there's always a story behind it. So for me, I was going through a divorce as I was building Missing Person. And one of the hardest, hardest things for me after being in a relationship for 15 years was waking up to an empty bed and just the lingering of just someone just there and the warmth of their skin and 
you know, it, it just brings such uh, like a, a certain calmness and a peace when you know that there is someone there or a constant. And so I was like, okay, if we could somehow bottle up this this moment of kind of nostalgia and a longing and kind of a little bit sad too, to be mm-hmm. honest, because that's mm-hmm. that's where I was in my life. I was in a very right. sad place. Um, and so that's what we created. And what's been interesting with Missing Person was that story in itself went viral because everyone misses somebody in their life. It doesn't have to be a lover. It could be mm-hmm. your mom, a grandma, a friend, a sibling that went to college. Like, right. So what happened was it became almost therapy for people to share their stories of their missing person mm-hmm. on social media, especially on TikTok. And so there are thousands of videos of people, men and women, just crying, talking about someone that they miss and they spray it. And this was not planned. I was just simply sharing my own personal story. And it mm-hmm. obviously resonated with so many people that I wish I could say that this was all planned. And it was part of I had full control over it, over mm-hmm. it but I didn't. It just kind of spiraled in a good way. Um, and yeah, that's a story of missing person. So going back to the PR, I wanted someone when they received the PR package to open it up and when they opened up a shirt, the shirt, because we packed it in, sprayed missing person all over it, they open it up and they're like, oh my God, this smells like someone's shirt that I know of. Yeah. Um, and because that's what I was longing was the smell of the pillowcase of my lover's scent or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I think it translated pretty well. <laughs> it's kind of just this like smell of skin, but like... Yeah sexy. I mean, I don't know if it makes you think of your grandmother that I didn't think of my grandmother personally, but um, I love that. And and something you were touching on was this idea of like storytelling is the aspect you can control. And you managed to, you know, take a brand that I, when I thought of Fleur before Crizel, Fleur BC, <laughs> I didn't think of like a deep, like I didn't associate a certain personality with it necessarily, or I didn't really know who the founder was, or a lot of that was sort of like a mystery to me. It was something I saw on the shelf at Sephora. And now this brand has become so you and these stories are so personal to you. How have you navigated pairing scents and certain fragrance notes with these deeply personal moments and memories and stories of your life? Yeah. So when my business partner and I acquired Fleur, we we knew that every scent had to come from a deeper place. Um, I'm a very creative person and I get inspired by just being able, the ability to tell stories. And so for me, it was very, very important that I was able to tell a story with each fragrance that we mm-hmm. came out with. And so we just started playing around with it. And then obviously, you know, we work with you know, some of the top, top uh, fine fragrance perfumers out there. Mm-hmm. And we kind of researched on who ideally we would like to work on these scents and their fragrances. And we kind of looked into what they've done in the past. And so it's been really interesting to be able to kind of pair my stories with also the perfumers that we wanted to work with. And also not all of them were our ideas. Some of them mm-hmm came from the perfumers themselves and were like, I have this and it smells amazing. Like, what do you guys think about it? And then that will be like a starting point of 
an ability to create a story around it. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been really, really fun because there hasn't been one single formula to how we create a scent or how we create a, a new fragrance. Um, mm-hmm. We just kind of go with what feels right. Mm. Okay, so as of today, there have been five that have been released, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so of the five fragrances, which ones uh, came from perfumers and which ones were like your own stories in your mind or concepts? So... Missing person was definitely what we, you know, thought of. Jerome Epinette, uh, who's like one of the best of the best, he created Apricot Privé and Not Your Baby. Mm-hmm. Not Your Baby was his kind of um, baby. Mm-hmm. And he had this kind of idea, this milky concept, but also like spicy floral, spicy floral. And um, when he presented that to us, it was just incredible. And from there, I was like, I feel sexy in this. Like, I want to go out in this. I feel attractive. Like, and then that's when I was like, okay, I, I really see myself being able to wear this out. And that's where I met in my life. Like, I want to go out. I want to meet guys. I want to have fun. I'm single. I want to. And so, like, that's how it kind of went from there. So, yeah, there's there's a few of those. Oh, uh, Frank Vogel also created... Um, uh, Floria for us. Mm-hmm. As I well. love Floria. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay. And then Lost Cause too is an, I'm currently wearing Lost Cause. Um, of all of the five that I have received, that is the one that I think resonated with me the most deeply. I mm. just, I'm such an Oris lover. And when I smelled it, I was just like, this is everything I've been craving. Was that one that like a, was presented to you? Was that a concept that you brought? Like, how did that come about? That was a concept that we brought. Um, that we, that we worked with Jill, uh, mm-hmm. Clavion, mm-hmm. and, she is extremely chic. She is just the epitome of like just cool, effortless. We we knew that this was an idea that we wanted. And it was a point in my life where I was like, okay, I am lost. I don't know where I'm going. I'm starting a brand new chapter in my life. And I want to be out there and feel bright. I want to feel fresh, but I also want to like feel cool at the same time. Right. Um, like those French cool girls, because I go to France a lot. Um, and then we found Jill, of course. She's the epitome of cool French girl. So mm-hmm. that worked out. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about, you know, you want to go out, you want to do these things, and you were wearing apricot privé. Can we talk about Dale? Can we talk about... <laughs> so for everybody listening, apricot privé had, like, the sexiest, like, video photo shoot I've ever seen. Then I was looking at your TikTok. I saw some of the BTS and just, like, were digits exchanged? How did you cast him? What's there's got to be more to this? Oh my gosh, it's been so funny because when we launched um, Apricot Privé with the assets that we created, the campaign around it, people thought I was introducing my new lover or my new boyfriend, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> it was. I was like, let's go with it. This this could be something because. I think people are just really interested in my life personally. So mm-hmm. I kind of like tease them and played it along with it. But no, like he was strictly a very good looking model, very professional. Um, actually, the team worked with him before for another shoot. And they're mm-hmm. like, we have this amazing model. We think he would be great for Apricot Privé. Girl, I was sweating. Like I, I mean... haven't touched a man <laughs> since that shoot. And I was like, what am I? doing like you guys want me to like make out with him we didn't make out but like at least pretend like get your lips really close it looks like you're about to make out with him right I was sweating I was like this is so awkward 
but I'm glad that in the videos it looked real and people were actually believing that we were, you know, together. <laughs> so I, I was with my mom last night and I was like, I have this amazing interview tomorrow. And I was showing her your TikTok and your page. And she was like, oh, is that her boyfriend? They are so romantic. And I was like, no, that's not to my knowledge. I don't think that that's <laughs> her boyfriend. You're like, I'll find out tomorrow. Mom. Yeah, I will confirm. Um, but I do have to say, I, I, yeah, I think we did look good together. And I think I'm like kind of into, um, I, I think he's Latin. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try Latin men now. Oh, that's the next chapter. You know, who knows? Who knows? I, I'm open at this point. So with that said, if you were to wear fragrance in your collection that you were like, I'm going to seduce this evening, which one do you think you would be? Would it be Apricot Privé? It would definitely be Apricot Privé. Apricot Privé, um, one, I've had some personal fun nights with it, but also okay. two, it's just so... It's one of those fragrances that really capture your attention. Mm -hmm. Some people may love it. Some people may not because it is strong. Mm -hmm. It is not. Missing person is very skin musk. It settles into your skin. It's soft. It almost smells like your own skin. This one is not. It's quite the opposite. It makes a big statement. People will know that you're there. Um, whenever I give people a hug, when I actually wear apricot privé, that's the first thing that they notice. And the right. first thing that they compliment me on is like, I love how you smell. With other fragrances, um, I do get compliments, but it's always like kind of secondary because it's a, a lot more subtle. Mm -hmm. So if you are to have a fun, sexy night, uh, want some attention, a steamy night, I would say Apricot Privé because also it lasts. Right. It lasts for a very long time. It's one of those fragrances that linger onto your clothes. Totally. So let's say that you had, I don't know, a fun night out with friends or a guy the minute that he leaves, he will still be smelling you because it's it's a moment. <laughs> it's it's missing person 2.0 because you'll leave there. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so so you're talking about, I mean, you're, the team of perfumers that you have worked with on this rebrand is absolutely, also, do you consider it a rebrand? Yeah. So we, we do consider it a rebrand. So, you know, backstory to all of this was I was already familiar with Fleur. Um, I, I was using Ameline before. I, mm -hmm. I loved Ameline. Um, so when Ben, my business partner told me that he wants to acquire it with me, um, he was like, Fleur is going to go into its 2.0, like we're moving it into its next chapter. And I really resonated with that because I felt like that's who I was in my life at the time as well. I still am, mm -hmm. um, which was, we are going into Chriselle 2.0. We are going into this new chapter, this rebirth, this rebrand, uh, for myself as well. And so there was just a lot of connection there. Um, and that that's how it all started. So yes, it is a rebrand. What was that process like of going from the point of talking to Ben and saying, we're going to rebrand to like actually then like working on the fragrances, locking in the perfumers? Did you try and pick ones whose fragrances you were a personal fan of? And and I know also too, they're from multiple fragrance houses. Like what was, mm -hmm. how was, how did that process work out? Yeah, so we... When, when I signed on to um, launch or relaunch uh, Fleur with Ben, we knew that we had to meet with pretty much like all of the perfume houses out there, mm -hmm. at least the best ones. Mm -hmm. um, so we spent days at like Furbanish and we spent hours just like talking to the perfumers and seeing what they've done in the past mm -hmm. and, um, and their process. Everyone's a little different. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a good amount of time doing that and 
And to be honest, it was also just like who we vibed with, right? Mm-hmm. Like who we naturally connected with. Because when you're creating something, there's so much um, collaboration mm-hmm. that goes on. And so that natural connection and relationship has to happen with the perfumer that you're working with. Totally. And that was super important to me. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we spent days uh, mainly out in New York just uh, meeting these perfume houses and it was probably the best education for me as well because mm-hmm. I my background isn't fragrance. It isn't perfume. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just like fragrance school one-on-one for me. Like mm-hmm. I literally got probably five years worth of knowledge um, within like a few months. So Yeah, what was that learning curve? Like were you exposed to different raw materials? How did you learn to speak about fragrance in this professional way? I'm still learning. I'm not, you know... Uh, I always am not an expert. I've worked with the best of the best experts out there and they teach me every single day. Um, I just know what I like and what I don't like. And Mm -hmm. as far as the learning process, we went literally from like the very, very beginning of like what kind of ingredients exist, right? right? What kind of families do they go into? Mm -hmm. Like we literally started from the very beginning and then we all um, they introduced me to different raw materials. So I understood um, how these raw materials are so important and how they actually played and tie everything together. Um, and so, yeah, we, we did everything. And it was, again, the best education that I could have ever gotten. Now you've taken me to exactly where we are with Fleur. But I want to go back to the beginning. I know you've been into fragrance for a while. What was the first perfume you ever wore or purchased? <laughs> The very first fragrance I probably wore that I bought with my own money, there's, I'm going between three brands because I don't remember which came first. It was in high school or maybe middle school. The Juicy Couture, there's a Juicy Couture fragrance. Yeah. I was obsessed with Juicy Couture back then. Yeah. Um, And they had a fragrance. I had like the whole the set and the fragrance, but I also... Was it like the Viva La Juicy one or the... Yes, Viva La Juicy. (laughs) I know it. That one, uh, Clinique Happy and probably CK1. Classics, yeah. Yeah. And probably now you can work with perfumers behind your like OG favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was fangirling when I sent... I met some of these perfumers. I'm like, oh my God, I've been wearing your scents for like Mm -hmm. all throughout high school. It was pretty cool. Oh, I love that. So what is your strongest scent memory from your childhood? And who was fragrant in your life growing up? I would say probably my grandma. She lives in Korea. She uh, was actually the very first uh, female gynecologist in Korea. Mm. Um, And that was a really big deal at the time because women just didn't work back then. But I just remember I I lived in Korea for quite some time when I was little Mm -hmm. and she kind of helped raise me. She would sit in front of her like vanity and just spray herself, put on like a full face of makeup and then put on her scrubs to go to her hospital, which she lived right downstairs. She lived up or she lived upstairs above her hospital. Mm -hmm. And, And I just remember thinking like her like. Where is she going? She is she is looking so glam. She is putting on fragrance to meet her sick clients, right? Right, right. Um, but for her, it was all about kind of, I guess her, it, it was part of her. She did it every single day. So she, she was actually the first person that I was introduced to fragrance. More fragrant gynecologists, please and thank you. I love that. <laughs> 
Um, do you remember any of the fragrances that she wore or just that she was like always wearing? I'm pretty sure it was like a Chanel. I don't remember the exact one, but it was one of those classic, classic ones that, mm -hmm. you know, all the Asian grandmas wore. So probably like a Chanel or yeah. Love 21. That. <laughs> I love that. I want to go back. You were talking about, you know, how the relaunch of this brand coincides with like this personal relaunch of your own brand and, and these transitions that you're making in your own life. And how, you know, you've been creating content for over a decade. How have you balanced sort of being authentic to where you are and sort of like evolving your brand as people maybe expect one thing and, and you pivot? Yeah. Well, for me personally, it's always been about trying new things and evolving into different areas. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time as I saw some success with my blog, you know, many, many years ago. And people kind of put you in that box mm -hmm. of like, oh, she's a blogger. She takes cute photos. And that's what she does. Mm -hmm. She is not considered an entrepreneur. She's not, con she, it, it just didn't, no one really talked about that back then. This was right. maybe like 13 years ago, right? Like when bloggers were just starting off. And so as I started to grow myself as a person, I was like, I can do other things. And I can do things outside of fashion and what what inspires me. And so I really had to look deep into what were my needs and my wants. And at the time, I just gave birth mm -hmm. to my oldest daughter. I have two daughters, one seven-year-old and a three-year-old. My seven-year-old uh, was born, and I was so frustrated with the lack of help that women had, working mothers had, after they had kids. Mm -hmm. And there was a reason why majority of mothers leave the workforce after they have kids. Right. It's not because they don't want to work. It's because they physically, they one, they can't physically, but two, there's no support around. So why would they actually work to actually pay for their nanny that they can't even spend time with their own kids? So I just became just very frustrated with that whole cycle and that system. And so I created a company called Bumo where we bring uh, licensed childcare to the workplace. And so working parents can be co-located with their kids. They could hop on over to like do a little class with them, do lunch with them, hop on back over to like get work done, jump. So it's all about integration, integrating family and your work. And with this kind of method, women will stay in the workforce. Women, we are supporting women. We are supporting mothers. Right. And that was something that I was very, very passionate about and still am. So now we're working with a lot of companies to be able to integrate Bumos into their corporate offices. Mm -hmm. So one, it's a company benefit for their employees. Mm -hmm. And it's also a way for employees to come back to work because no one wants to go back to the office, right? right? Um, but also two, it's to really support their their mothers. And that's Bumo, my, my first kind of business outside of fashion. So you are currently the founder of two businesses right now. You're managing both Fleur and Bumo. You're a mother. You're a content creator. What is a what is a day like in your life? Well, I think we've gotten it down pretty well now. It's not as crazy as it sounds. I have incredible teams on all of my businesses, and it allows me to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I realized early on was in order for me to have longevity in what I do is I have to have a taste of everything. Like mm -hmm. I just get bored really fast and quickly. And so all of my teams are built out so they could continue to work on the business with or without me. So they're not reliant on me, um, which has been probably the biggest 
learning for me um, and the fact that I don't have to be everywhere all the time. And so Fleur, I have an incredible, incredible business partner, Ben, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Bennett. And then also we have such an incredible team here um, that runs Fleur. And it allows me to really stay in kind of my lane as a creative director, as uh, just the creative in general. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Bumo. Bumo, I was the CMO when we first started mm-hmm. and uh, was the CMO for probably about two years. Mm-hmm. And then once it got to a point where I was like, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, I I need to be creative. I, I can't really be in the day to day, in the ops. Uh, right. And so I stepped down from the CMO role. We hired someone new that was uh, well, way more well versed um, as a CMO. And so they kind of run that, and I just come in um, on more of the creative direction and the marketing side. And then obviously with my own brand um, and sponsorships and brand partnerships, that's a little bit more uh, physically intensive because mm-hmm. I do have to physically be there to create the content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could create content with my eyes closed because I've been doing it for so long, right. and um, it's pretty easy at this point for me. Right. I hope you guys are loving this episode as much as I am. I am coming in to remind you that you can get 10% off your next niche luxury fragrance purchase on Lucky Scent by simply using the code PR10 at checkout. That will get you 10% off any order over $40. Let's get back to the episode. Do your daughters associate you with a particular smell? I mean, I feel like people think of like their mothers and their grandmothers, like you were saying, of smelling a certain way. Like what what do you think they associate you as smelling like? Well, my daughters love fragrances, especially my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she always gives me product ideas. She's like, mommy, can you make this into like the roller bomb? Because she's a, she, she has a bunch of like kid roller right. bombs. And she's like, your fragrance needs to be a roller bomb. Like, this is too hard. Like, I need a roller bomb. I'm like, okay, girl, like, we're working on yeah. it. We're working <laughs> on it. Um, but Chloe associates me with missing person mm. um, because, I don't know, it was the fragrance that I wore the most probably as I was developing Fleur. Mm-hmm. And also it was a fragrance that I wore when I was sad. Right. Um, and it, because it kept me, I don't know, it just brought like warmth to my life. And so Chloe, whenever she smells missing person, she's like, oh, this is mommy. Colette, on the other hand, um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's her favorite, but whatever reason, whenever I wear not your baby, Mm -hmm. um, she's always like, I smell you. Like she notices my smell when I wear not your baby. And it's only with not your baby. I don't know why. I think there's like some sort of sweetness, milkiness that she likes in there Mm -hmm. that stands out to her. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so would we ever see, like, children-targeted perfumes from Fleur? Oh, well, I mean, the great news is that our fragrances, I mean, I, we don't use the word clean anymore mm-hmm. because clean, the word is not regulated here in the U.S., right. so we try not to use that word. But it is safe for kids to use, too. Um, so I don't think it's necessary for us to create completely separate. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe one day. We'll see. Are they, are they wearing <laughs> any of them? Um, I let them, because they're in school every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want them to walk in. With, like, a just, fragrance. Just, like, reeking in <laughs> fragrances, adult fragrances. Right, right. So I, I, I spritz them. I allow them to pick one for special occasions. I love that. Or the weekends when they're not at school. You're building their scent memories. I love that so much. Yes. 
<laughs> I okay, so I saw a video on TikTok and you were talking about this was a while ago, but you were talking about potentially like pulling back from the rich mom persona character that you were working mm-hmm. with because you were talking about how people were saying things to Chloe, right? Yeah. And now I see that your your bio is the single rich mom of TikTok. Like, mm-hmm. where do you fall in terms of like cultivating that persona and like has that rebranded as well? Yeah, so rich mom for people that don't know who she is, um, she is this character that kind of blew up over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's me, basically. And it was a persona that was created by the TikTok audience. Right. It was when uh, the movie, what was that Korean movie? That Parasite, it came out. Mm-hmm. And she had like short hair, Korean. I don't think we look alike, but a lot of people said that we look alike. And so they're like, oh my God, it's that it's that mom, that rich mom from Parasite. And so I just went along with it. I was like, I would... Not that I would pretend to be her, yeah. but I would actually make videos answering their comments, being like, hello, kids, like, <laughs> I'm your rich mom, just like for fun, right? right? Yeah. And then it really became a thing. Right. Like people would start calling me their mom. They'll be like, mom, I need money. Can you send me money? Mom, I need a laptop for college. Da, 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 da. And I would just answer them back in this kind of motherly tone. Mm-hmm. Being like, okay, I'll send you money, but you have to do your chores first. Oh, my God. And it just became this kind of inside joke that developed. on, t- And that's the beauty of TikTok, right. right? It's such an insular community that you have to be on it to really get it. Because once I started posting those videos onto Instagram, they're like, you are so obnoxious. You're calling yourself the rich mom. Right. It's <laughs> so, like inside with the community of 3 million yes, followers. Yes. So I have 3 million kids on TikTok and they all call me rich mom. And I did stop it at some point. Um, and it was during my divorce. One, I couldn't find the humor in me because rich mom is, you know, she's satire. Right. She, she, she's humorous. She makes crude jokes. Right. Like I just couldn't find that in me during that time. But also too, at the time, my daughter Chloe was in a lot of my content mm-hmm. um, because she loved right. it. She loved being in front of the camera. And when I started dropping her off at school, because she goes to a school where it goes all the way up to uh, middle mm-hmm. school, these middle school girls would come up to me and be like, oh, my God, you're the rich mom, Chloe. Like, we're in the same school. Like, are you rich? Like, they would go up to her, like, during breaks and ask her these questions. Right. And they're not – they weren't being rude or mean. Right. They just, they were genuinely excited to meet Chloe because they've seen Chloe on my TikTok, right, right? right? And that's when I was like, whoa, okay, this has to stop. Right. Like, I don't want Chloe to, one, be confused, two, think that she is her mother, mm-hmm. like, following her mother. Like, and so there were just too many things going on in my life at the time. I'm like, I'm going to stop Rich Mom. Yeah. And then so... Recently, I think maybe about two months ago, I started bringing Rich Mom back in a different way as single Rich Mom because I am single now. And one, the audience really, really missed Rich mm-hmm. Mom. They kept asking for it. And I missed her too. It was an escape for me. It was it allowed me to act like this funny, hilarious person. Right. Um, but also too, that was when I made the decision that I wasn't going to show my daughter Chloe anymore. Mm. Or I mean, Colette, sometimes I do because she's very, very mm-hmm. young. Um, but Chloe, I stopped showing mm-hmm. on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, I feel okay bringing her back and knowing that um, I have kind of put boundaries around how this is going to look like and how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, yeah, she's kind of back. She's not fully back, but she's starting to come she's back. Making, she's making appearances here and there. Yeah. Do you think, like, being single now, like, do you think it's changing the type of, like, content that you want to create? Yeah, I, I think it has. I think it has allowed me to really dive into my own femininity and be proud of it and not be scared about how people are going to look at me or judge me. You know, I I wear crop tops like every single day. I work out hard. Yeah. Like I want to show off my As abs, you should. right? And not saying that you can't when you're in your 40s or your 50s. You totally can. But for me, I feel amazing right now. I feel confident. I feel sexy. I I feel really good in my skin. And that really translates into my outfits, right? right? My outfits before, not that they weren't great, but they were a lot more conservative, which is fine because that's how I was back Mm -hmm. then. Um, But now I just found this kind of of this new freedom and the sensuality and this new feminine, this feminism that I I never really knew existed in Mm. me and really using and honing into that power. So that's really affected in a positive way, um, my content, but also on the TikTok side, I feel very strongly about educating the next generation. Um, You know, I think a lot of us are thrown into kind of what an ideal life looks like. You know, you go to school, you go to college, you get married to a rich man, and then you get married, or and then you have kids, and then you live happily ever after. That's what so many of us were taught. But there are so many different outcomes that we weren't prepared for Mm -hmm. and you know I learned all of that during my divorce Mm -hmm. and so I just really want the next generation especially my kids Mm -hmm. their generation to just make smarter and wiser choices Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that all starts with us being open about our stories and our experiences and what we've learned from them I love that what I love about about what you're what you've cultivated is that you are calling out that if you get a divorce, that's not not perfect. Like maybe that that persona of like marrying the rich person, having the family, having the kids, living happily ever after isn't the best outcome or that it's not necessarily like everybody's life path. No, not at all. And I think we all get kind of sucked into what we should be right. doing or what our parents want us to be doing or making them proud. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to buy into any of that, yeah. right? I think these timelines of like having being married at a certain age, having kids at a certain age, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's not, it's not. I don't know. I I feel like nowadays you don't have to follow that path anymore. Right. Well, I love the rebrand of Single Rich Mom. I love the rebrand of Fleur, and I'm curious. Going back to Fleur, what? can we expect what's coming out what are emotions we haven't seen bottled in perfectly by Fleur yet oh there's so much good stuff um first of all I don't know when this is airing Mm -hmm. but uh missing person is coming back um this month so that's gonna be pretty bananas because we have a wait list of around 200,000 people and so that's gonna be pretty crazy. But then from there, we have other categories for our favorite scents coming out, which I can't really share yet. But these are just must haves also great for scent layering. Um, And then a few more scents coming out this year Mm -hmm. that have to do with my story as well. um, Which are they're very actually the next one that we're launching is very unisex for a reason. I love this tease. 
Yes, and it's a beautiful, beautiful scent. Like I could just, yeah, curl up in the scent. So I can't wait for you guys to to hear about it when we're allowed to share it. I'm so excited. Okay, and my other question with that is, is the rollout just based on when they're ready? Or do you say like, well, this should precede Apricot Privé and this should come out? Like, is it very intentional, the order that they've been released? Yeah, we've been pretty intentional about it. But also, as you know, the timing of just like production and all of that play into that um, as well. And so it's a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do have kind of in my head of how they would be launched. Um, It doesn't necessarily always go that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But we do our best to kind of keep it in that that order. Um, but yeah. I love that. I've seen bottles of missing person on like eBay and Mercari, like marked up like a thousand percent because it's such a hot commodity that people are selling bottles for like $500 and there's a market for it. Or like they're like decanting them at like, yeah, completely marked up and pe- it's it's insane. It's so insane. We we saw that too. And we're just like, maybe we should make an announcement just to let people know that it's coming back. You don't need to spend $500 on a bottle of a missing person. It's like Trust a black me. market fragrance. Like people are like, how, how can I get my hands on it? Like <laughs> it's so insane. Um, okay. Well, it has been such a joy to talk to you, Krizel. And we have one final segment of the show and it is a rapid fire scent association game called What's That Smell? Mm, what's that smell? Are you ready to play? Oh, I'm scared. But okay, let's do it. Okay. What is the smell of Los Angeles? Pollution. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, besides that, um, I think glamour. I, I I joke with the pollution because I, I literally just got out of like a two-hour uh, car ride and I'm like, oh, it's so polluted. Yeah. But anyways, but when I think of Los Angeles, I think of glamour. I think of people dressing up, Hollywood, movie stars something I feel like apricot privé Ooh, I love that okay what is the smell of Paris it could also be apricot privé because there's kind of like a certain leathery richness to it but I would say the smell of Paris is one rich but it's also it has like this this like old charm like this there's something very very calming and warming I actually healed my healing journey happened in Paris so I have to say missing person naturally because I feel like that was part of my healing journey and it's just such a nostalgic place it's so beautiful it's so romantic yeah what is the smell of your childhood um uncertainty not that I had a bad childhood I actually had a beautiful childhood my parents were amazing still married and uh, just wonderful people. But I think I'm a thinker and I was very insecure as a child. And I think I was so uncertain with where my life would be headed to and going. Like, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was always a little uncertain. Hmm. I don't know if I would ever make that into a scent, though. <laughs> I mean, hey, we'll remember it if you do. We'll talk about how I was on Perfume Room yes. first. <laughs> what is the smell of your family? support just love unconditional love and support when my parents found out that I was getting a divorce um, they sold their house in northern California and within one day they packed up their stuff and they moved to LA to to be with me that's amazing so you all do you all live together now yes they they live in a house with me and Though there are moments where I'm like oh my god I am a 37 year old living with my parents Mm -hmm. um 
to be honest, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them because of my intense schedule and me being a single mom. They just right. help me out so, so much. I don't ever have to worry about food. My mom cooks breakfast, lunch, dinner. Oh my and God. I just feel so, so blessed. I feel like a child again, to be honest. That's so nice. I love that. Wow. Yeah. This is beautiful. Okay. The final question. What is the smell of Fleur? Oh, wow. That's a big question. I think Fleur is memories is nostalgia. That's how we launched Fleur with Missing Person. But I think truly every scent has such a deep meaning with a memory that I hold mm -hmm. um, and experience that I've had personally. Mm -hmm. So the scent of Fleur is memories. I love that. Okay, well, it has been such a treat and such an honor to chat with you, Krizel. And for anybody listening, um, I'm sure every single person who will listen to this already follows you on all of your platforms, but where can they do so and where can they shop for Fleur fragrances? Sure. So you can find me at Chriselle Lim on all platforms, um, Instagram and TikTok mainly. And Fleur, you can find Fleur on Instagram, uh, P-H-L-U-R. And then you could go to our website at Fleur.com. And we're also available at almost all the Sephora's in the U.S. and on Sephora.com as well. Okay, well, very looking forward to this unisex scent, TBD. I'll keep my eyes peeled for hints. Yeah. Thank you again for your time and your candor. Thank you. This is so much fun. Perfumer is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.